Hello, and welcome to episode 177 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Danny L., Jessica P., and Lauren R. to the Modern Manager community. As members, you get access to resources and support to help you navigate the complex job of being a manager. Learn more about membership options at themodernmanager.com slash join. Today's guest is Erica Lee. Erica is the co-founder and COO of Pluto, a startup advancing DEI through analytics and communication tools. Her background is in law, international development, and policy. Erica and I talk about how to measure diversity, equity, and inclusion within your team or organization. We talk about the process and importance of gathering data, protecting privacy, turning responses into insights, and more. And just a heads up, I am a big fan of Pluto software, which you will hear me say a few times. So Eric and I will talk about their particular software a lot, but the ideas that we discuss can inform any data gathering process that you choose. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Erica. I'm super excited for this conversation. I'm really grateful that you said yes when I invited you onto the show. And I know that this is a, a little different from what you normally do, but uh, thank you so much for, for agreeing. Thank you so much, Mimi. I'm really honored and excited to be here. So before we actually get into it, though, I do want to give a little shout out to the people who connected us, which is Terrell, who's one of the colleagues that I'm working with and one of my clients, and to Jai, who he introduced me to, who then introduced me to you. So, all right, here we go. We're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is a topic I've talked about on the show before. But today I want to talk about data gathering because so much of the topic of diversity, equity, inclusion is about how we interact with people. It's about you know, the kind of environment and culture we create. But one of the most important ways, or at least I'm going to ask you, because I think you might think this is one of the most important ways that we can do that is actually to start with good data. So how do you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion and this kind of information gathering piece? Yes, it's a great question, Mamie, and something that, of course, is, you know, like the day-to-day business that I'm working in. And what you were saying about that data gathering piece is something that we often are reminding companies that it's really important to start as early as possible. So something that we emphasize to companies is just that it's important to approach DEI the way that they approach other business goals. So, for example, setting aside a budget, putting metrics around it, track progress, create accountability, and actually plan a data-driven strategy. So I think with the lack of data gathering, what we often see are reactive and ad hoc responses. So for example, you know, we're all familiar with the training uh, that might be required for all employees, perhaps in response to an incident that happened, um, but this is often not moving the needle in a meaningful way. So what we are pushing for is saying, hey, uh, you have to start collecting, if you want to make progress on DEI, you really need to gather this data. You really need to understand, you know, how diverse your team is, you know, where are the gaps, um, how are these groups, um, how are different groups feeling in terms of inclusion and equity. And you need to start putting metrics around it, understand where you are so you can actually 
see where the gaps are, the areas of strength and opportunity, and then be able to track progress over time. So let's talk more a little bit about what kind of questions or like what's in a DEI survey? Like what kind of data are you gathering? Because I think it's, you know, relatively easy to think about, you know, who is here? So how many women, how many men, how many people who don't identify as a male or woman? Like, but that's not enough, right? Like there, there's actually a whole slew of questions or topics that we could be asking about that could help us understand our people and their experiences much more deeply. That's absolutely right. And so I think sometimes what we confront is that people are thinking of DEI very narrowly. And something that we emphasize is that it's just much broader and touches on so many different, you know, all parts of your business. And it's such a deep part of just people's identity and their experiences at work. And so even thinking, even starting with the identity piece, uh, people's identities are extremely complex and it's intersectional. And so for so long, so much of the data that we have has been very just one dimensional, you know, as you mentioned, women and men, and um, maybe looking at generally at race ethnicity without hearing directly from folks themselves, you know, how do you identify? And so, you know, thinking more about the way that they grew up in terms of economic standard of living or all the ways in which they can kind of identify their gender, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, et cetera. And so, again, we're really trying to open up that conversation to be a lot broader and to say, hey, you know, again, we want to engage everybody, um, make them feel seen and heard. And so understanding diversity in a much deeper way, but then which also then helps draw out some of those trends. So thinking about, for example, are women of color, are they leaving the company? Um, are they more likely to leave the company than other groups, let's say, and what might be driving their, those decisions? And so we really want to understand so many different aspects of their experience at work, which really touches on the inclusion and equity pieces. So for example, their sense of belonging, what about their access to leadership, their voice, and what is it like to actually be in their role and um, you know, the fairness of processes, like performance evaluation and pay are just some of the examples. Yeah. One of the things I loved when I was going through the Pluto survey and just you know getting to experience the demo of it even was seeing the depth of questions of things like, you know, have you had opportunities for promotions? Like, to what extent do you have access to leadership? Like, these are things that I had never really thought about. It's like, oh, those are really important to understand how people, not only like, do we think we're doing those things fairly, but how do people perceive that experience for themselves? Do they feel like they're having access to leadership? Do they feel like they're having opportunities for promotion? Do they feel like their policies are being applied fairly onto them? And those are not things that we typically talk to people about. Right. And actually on that piece, I did want to add that something we really um, focus on that I think a lot of other surveys might not focus on is the experience, not only for, you know, having the insights and data available to the admins and the leaders, but what is that experience like for the actual individual answering the survey? And so really, we actually see it as an opportunity for an individual to explore, reflect on their identity, perspectives, and experiences. So for example, just one of the examples that you mentioned, just for them to even explore for themselves, you know, what is my experience like here? And maybe even dimensions of that experience that they might not have been able to think so much about or reflect so much about, as well as explore even dimensions of their identity 
in ways that, you know, can be the way that we've designed our surveys are also to be very inclusive, which happy to dive in a little bit more about that, but so that they feel seen and heard in so many different aspects of their identity. Yeah, let's talk about that. But, but before we get in there, I do want to say that as the team I'm working with who's using Pluto was doing the survey themselves, we actually heard that same thing, that the process of going through the survey was a process of reflection and understanding themselves more deeply. And that is not something that people typically say when they go through a survey, especially one, right? Especially one that is a, that is so sensitive and personal, right? And yet for the individuals who I spoke with, at least, they all said that it was such a positive experience. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that experience looks like? That's so great to hear, Mamie. Thank you so much for that feedback. Um, Really, we're really excited to hear that. So yes, I mean, this process, just stepping back for a moment, you know, we really aspire to bring privacy and respect to the way people are sharing as what you mentioned is often deeply personal and sensitive information. And because DEI is really complex, we also want a way to actually be able to dig into nuance in a, you know, quickly and efficiently. And so typically, as you alluded to, you know, when you complete a survey, um, you know, many surveys, they can be simplistic, um, they can feel boring. They can also feel like this one-way transaction, right, where you're kind of checking off boxes and it just feels like you're feeding information. So it's not really that kind of experience that we're aspiring towards. And it can really feel like, you know, do you really even trust the survey, right? Like, are you, when you submit this information, what exactly is happening to it? Um, how revealing might it be? Uh, so what we found, uh, you know, before we designed the stories is that people can really disengage also when they feel that the survey is not inclusively designed. So, for example, you know, if they're going through and they're just like, this story doesn't speak to me, right? It doesn't speak to my identity. I'm just checking other from a number of categories. That, that's, some, that's a way to just lose this person, right? And that engagement. So, uh, one of our goals is to make the stories approachable, help everyone, every single individual feel seen and heard as they complete it. And my co-founder and our CEO, Martin, he's really developed some very advanced privacy technology to also protect user privacy every step of the way. And that includes in just the way that the data is collected and it's saved and it's processed, presented. And so this is a way that we also aspire to build user trust with all of the uh, survey respondents. So I, I want you to say more about the actual experience and because it is really unusual, right? You're not doing a like Likert scale of how, you know, how inclusive do you feel the organization is? And, and you mentioned like, it's not check boxes of like, select the answer that's most like your identity, but the, the whole experience and you call them stories intentionally is a, is a different style. So can you share more about that and try and paint a picture for our listeners who are trying to envision like, what is this alternative survey format? Oh, sure. Yes. That's a great point. You know, it's, it's funny that Sometimes, depending on who we're talking to, they'll immediately say this reminds me of Mad Libs. And then, you know, there's another generation maybe who's not familiar with, with the Mad Libs style format, but um, the, that's exactly, you know, that we hear that often because it is this narrative that's a fill in the blank. And so people go through, um, they see the sentence structures and so they feel like, okay, this is a way that I am telling my story and I'm just adding some more detail here so I can click on this, you know, drop down menu. And so, for example, 
hey, you know, what are my caregiving responsibilities? And again, speaking to a little bit to that, even reflecting on what those even are, we strive to get quite specific in some of those identities and some of those experiences. And so saying, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm caring for disabled adults, for example, which often don't come up when people think about caregiving responsibilities. And so being able to represent yourself that way and um, again, going to the flow of that story, but the story is also evolving depending on how you answer. So, you know, depending on how you answer, there might be follow-up questions and it's a very seamless process. So again, it feels it's just much more of a, a natural flow, an organic flow as you're filling that out versus kind of going down a long list of sort of, you know, one to five, you know, like agree to disagree or checkbox type questions. Yeah. And I, I love the Mad Libs reference that, that really resonated for me. And I know if you haven't, if you're listening and you don't know what Mad Libs are, you should just totally search up Mad Libs or go to the Pluto website and you can see a little like style of it. But I, it was also one of the reasons I was really attracted to the, the survey framework as well, because right when we're talking about ourselves and you know, it's almost like there's a learning experience, right? We talked about the reflection experience that people have when they're answering, but there's also a learning experience. And I remember looking at the drop down around gender and being like, there are terms in here that I don't even know. And I try to think of myself as somebody who is, you know, pretty up to speed on the LGBTQ community and understanding, you know, different terms. But there was so much in there, which you know, I can imagine it could be a little bit daunting for people who are like, whoa, why why are there so many weird terms in here? But also like really important as a learning journey to understand that people don't identify in, you know, just one or two ways that there's actually lots of different language that is nuanced. And when you see yourself in there, that as a signal from your companies that's saying we see you and we want to know you and your terms is really powerful. And the data then that that comes with is really powerful. So I want to shift into this, the data side again. So if we've, you know, people have gone through a survey experience, you know, hopefully it's a good one like Pluto's, but, you know, let's just say it's any, any old survey that's trying to get at diversity, equity, inclusion. What are some of the other ways that managers can use that data? So, you know, you mentioned, you know, putting budget behind it. But what are some of like the insights that you might find going through that process? Yeah, so I think a lot of the leaders and the admins on the platform, what they find, you can imagine there is a whole wealth of, of data that Pluto generates, but they can really dig into certain trends. And so as I mentioned, just understanding a bit about, you know, how maybe I know how my the three people I talk to you know, to very consistently every day, maybe I know a bit more about how they're feeling day to day, but then being able to actually see the the metrics and say, oh, wow, okay, this is how, you know, everybody is feeling at the organization. This is how, you know, certain groups are feeling, um, you know, are there sort of significant, statistically significant differences between these groups? And if there are, you know, what does that mean? And what do, what do we maybe need to address here? And we also try to provide at least from from our end, we also try to provide a bit more diagnostics around that as well um, to say, you know, what are some of the reasons and maybe what are some of the drivers that might actually be contributing to those those differences. But the companies and the, the admins and the leaders, when they look at the data, they can actually sort of discern, all right, this is where we should actually maybe prioritize our DEI strategy, let's say, or our general people strategy 
because we can see that there are some you know, significant gaps here. Or there are some significant experiences that people are going through that perhaps, you know, that is addressable with some of our, um, with some measures. So, for example, having data around, you know, how comfortable are people feeling about coming forward? Or how aware are people feeling about, you know, giving feedback or about the ways in which they can do that? Uh, so just realizing, okay, this is actually, what is actually the gap here? Because oftentimes, as you can imagine, it's the leaders who are very in tune with a lot of these processes, but then realizing that there can be a real gap between how aware um, employees are, how comfortable they feel utilizing these systems and processes, that's something that they can actually then take action on. Um, so there, there's a lot of ways in which I think they can look at the data um, use it to actually plan and design a data-driven strategy, but then also use these metrics to track progress over time. So we really encourage to also collect, you know, as a lot of data, you know, a comprehensive set, at least as comprehensive as you can early on, as early as you can, so that you're able to see, you know, over time, how are these things progressing? How are they shifting? And actually be be able to say, okay, what's working and what's not. I'm wondering if you have any client stories that you can share with us without divulging anything, you know, confidential, of course, about, you know, what people found that was surprising or what kinds of implementation programming they started because of what they discovered in the data. Yeah, I think something I can speak to uh, because it's come up quite consistently and I think has been quite eye-opening uh, for, for many companies is mental health. And so just seeing, and, you know, because the platform is, um, you know, such a safe space and we make sure that it is a safe space for people to come forward and share this kind of information, people are coming forward and sharing about their, you know, anxiety issues and other mental health issues. And so that's really come on a lot of um, leaders' radars. And so, being able to then dive in, we actually developed a mental health story in response to all of that data that we ourselves saw and that the leaders were, um, company leaders were asking about. And so we developed a mental health story to actually dive in a little bit deeper into that to understand, you know, how did that, how did that interact um, with workplace issues and workplace stress? And so I think that's just been a, a very, you know, a common theme um, that is an opportunity for employers to also dig in and say, you know, not only do we want to make sure that we we are supportive, but are there like resources that we can provide? Are there issues um, related to the workplace that's also driving some of these mental health issues? And if so, you know, again, how can we manage it and also be able to actually open up this conversation around what has long been a taboo topic? That's so fascinating that people are taking this you know, diversity, equity, inclusion story experience, and they are layering into it even more than what's always being asked for because the way that you approach it makes people feel so safe and so comfortable. That's, that's really compelling. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been quite, again, it's a space for, and the way that we guide users to share this information, it's a space where people can talk about a lot of aspects of their experience. So even around, let's say, you know, job security and financial security, these are other things that I think has been quite eye-opening for leaders to see as well. And so to realize, for example, a gap, the gap between, you know, hey, hey how are the, the leaders on some of these metrics um, 
but then realizing that, wow, there's quite a distance between their day-to-day experience around, you know, let's say, you know, job security and financial security versus sort of the more junior level employees. Yeah. All right. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about what managers can do because I know that there are some people who are listening who are like, great, I want to bring Pluto to my company. I got to like, we got to do this. And there are some people who are thinking like, that would be amazing, but there's probably no chance that I'm in my position currently going to be able to get my entire company to do this. So one, I guess my first question is how many people need to be part of a survey in order to make it valuable? Like if you have a five person team, could they just like call you up and say like, hey, Erica, we want to use Pluto with my five person team. Like, would that work? It's a great question because, you know, we emphasize that it should start even with small groups. So you can imagine that we sometimes speak with startups and we think it's extremely important, for example, for growing startups to start this as, you know, again, as um, early as possible and to really implement this into their processes early on. Otherwise, it does get a lot harder to, you know, oftentimes people overlook this for a while and then try to implement it later and it it becomes more challenging. But, you know, there are, of course, uh, confidentiality and anonymity concerns that come up with very small groups. However, Pluto actually, because of the way that it is designed with all the privacy measures, even with small teams, you know, you can still gather a lot of information. So, you know, maybe it won't be able to show you these types of all these intersectional breakdowns, you know, of like, oh, you know, is there, um, you know, the Asian woman, otherwise there's this one Asian woman perhaps in the team. And of course that would be very identifying. And so there might be a lot of, you know, sort of mask, what we call masking of the data to make sure no single identity is revealed, but then um, at least on a certain dimension, but then at the same time, it can really, again, help, you know, with, with a small team, you probably also have limited bandwidth to address issues. And so it does highlight perhaps some of the sort of top issues that are not, you know, just like generally speaking, how are people doing? Or are we actually extremely homogenous on this one, on this one dimension of identity? So very long-winded answer to your question, which is to say that I think it's valuable for even small teams. When you really get rich data, I think is when, again, just in terms of like having being able to sort of slice and dice and use that kind of functionality, certainly above 50 people and even more so above 100 people. And what what about other kinds of DEI related surveys? Like what's your take on like, you know, if someone was like, well, okay, I can't use Pluto for whatever reason, that's not going to work for my team you know, my company already uses some other kinds of survey systems or whatever. Like, should people just be looking for any kind of data, you know, related to DEI? Should they be making up their own surveys with SurveyMonkey? Like how, how do you navigate when you're, you don't necessarily have the control to be able to pull the trigger on exactly the survey that you want? Yeah, it's a great point because I think there is a balance between you know, having the data, and especially, again, if you're tracking progress over time, we really encourage people to collect data, even if, you know, let's say in a limited capacity, it's still going to be useful, especially when, let's say, you are able to have a more robust survey down the line, you can still make some comparisons. However, it has to be done in a way that is respectful, which also, and also is protecting people's privacy. And so, Something that we also always caution people about is, you know, in terms of collecting really sensitive data, 
you you don't want to be the one to just sort of hold that information yourself and just kind of say like, oh, you know, I'm going to ask you these questions and I, I, I just this data can just be kind of floating in like sort of in an insecure space. And so again, to the extent that, you know, there are certain questions that are not getting to that really extremely sensitive data, I think that, yes, I would encourage um, every team to, to start that process early. So, you know, I think the other thing that, you know, is important to managers as you're thinking about like, what kind of data can I collect and what kind of survey can I do? Is that sometimes it's actually about talking to your boss or to your senior team leaders, whoever is in your C-suite and making a case to them, right? Like there's some things that's in our control. Like we can run a survey, you know, within our own team or our own department, but we can also advocate upwards. So I'm just wondering if you have anything or any thoughts or tips for like how managers can go talk to their bosses about why doing this kind of survey is really important. And, you know, in particular, like, you know, how to make a case for Pluto if they're, if they're as sold on it as I am. Yeah, you know, it's something that we're definitely, you know, tr- also trying to figure out on our end. Um, we, what we've seen people advocate for is, and I think can be effective, is to show how broad this really is. And so something that, you know, we, I think is an unfortunate trend is that DEI often gets siloed in a business. And so, you know, anything related to DEI comes up, company leader, or punts it off, off to or passes it on to another, you know, very specific individual or team. And, you know, actually DEI is so broad and it affects all parts of the business. And, actually, and in fact, every company leader, especially in today's world, to be effective and to be an effective business leader really needs to, you know, learn and how to understand DEI, you know, all the ways in which they can, really advance it as well and just, you know, be well-versed in, in it. So um, I think it's, that of course is going to be that, I'm not saying that that should be the way they sell, they, they initially sell the uh, the Pluto or, or something like a, a broad DEI survey to leadership, but I think to, to hone in on the fact that actually there's a lot of insights that come out of this that actually relate to the business generally, right? So if, for example, you're realizing that there are these trends about people who are unsatisfied or who feel that they are not being given the promotion opportunities and that they're, you know, want to leave the company and, hey, these are trends that are affecting certain groups and we need to figure that out. Like, these are all things that I am, you know, leadership should care about. It's also, there are some specific feedback questions about leadership generally. Um, and so, I think so sort of selling that broader message that this isn't just about, you know, DEI and this um, the way that people typically conceive it in a very limited sense, but something that is important for the entire business to really understand and grasp. And it's something that connects to all of their all the business goals as well. Yeah, I, I love what you just said because the reality is like our businesses are run by people. And so if we don't understand our people, then you know, good luck at being successful in running your business. So this is one of the best investments that any business can make is understanding their people and then having the data to be able to make the right choices and to, you know, do the right kinds of interventions to help people thrive. So, all right, we are running out of time. So can you, Erica, tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? Yeah, so we've been 
talking about how do you create a safe space, you know, in our case through technology to give feedback. And I think what, you know, a manager that I worked with at my previous job as a corporate lawyer, one of the best things about, about him was just the space that he made to actually raise issues and to talk about how I'm doing. And so I think it's very easy for managers actually to forget how hard it might be for the people you're managing to speak up. And so, you know, it can really sound like an afterthought if they're asking, you know, okay, just, oh yeah, how are you doing? Or just kind of, you know, checking in and checking in, of course, is very important, but when it's so general and, you know, they, they kind of say, oh, okay, but I asked you this question, right? But then does it actually, what does it take to actually cultivate a space where I feel like I can honestly answer that question, I think is is another, that's a whole other um, practice. And so, you know, I think the way that this person was able to cultivate that was to really take clearly an interest in my personal development, my professional development, not just for them, right? Like not just for the work itself, but just for me as an individual, you know, and, and so, um, Again, it was very, it was a very human approach, right? And and I think that when I when I feel that I'm, when I felt like I was able to speak just beyond this sort of like this specific project, let's say, then it is became a space where I can actually then ask questions, which ultimately leads to more, you know, to a better work product. Just be a bit more, you know, free to to actually talk about that and talk about some of the challenges I'm facing, et cetera. So. I'm very grateful to that to that manager for the way that he was able to create that space. I also have to give a shout out to my co-founder Martin because I think in the way that we're building up our team now is we are also trying to iterate on ways in which do we how do we create that space for people to give feedback and you know we're always kind of reassessing and iterating on is it, you know, even the way that we frame, you know, the questions or how do we, how do we do it? What's the right cadence, et cetera, et cetera. These are all things that we're, we're, you know, working through. And I think he has been very open-minded in sort of the, the ways that this could shift, right? Like nothing, we're not wedded to any single process right now. We're trying to figure out sort of, you know, week to week, month to month, is there a more effective way to do this? Awesome. Well, I will give Martin a shout out also, because it's been a pleasure working with him as well. and. Can you tell us now where people can learn more about you, where they can learn more about Pluto and all that good stuff? Yes. So people can find me on LinkedIn. Um, Our website for Pluto is Pluto.life, L-I-F-E. And our social media handle is Ask Pluto. Well, thank you so much, Erica. This was so much fun to talk with you. And, you know, I have already shared lots of love that I have for your team and for the Pluto product in particular and how valuable it's been with some of the clients I'm working with. So thank you. Thank you, Mamie. It was a real pleasure to talk about this. And again, thank you for hosting me on your show. As a special member bonus, I am offering a free 30-minute consult to help you or your company think through the process of gathering DEI data for your team or organization. I will share my lessons learned from doing this with other organizations and help you problem-solve your specific questions or challenges. To get this free DEI survey consult, you must be a member of the Modern Manager community. To join, go to themodernmanager.com join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. 
Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.